0: Here we go. Lovely stuff. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. A warm welcome to our six-part series with Itachi Vantara. My name is Dalen Oliver. I'll be your host. I'm a stand-up comedian and I am a distant relative of Benny McCarthy and Desiree Ellis and Wade Fundy Cake. They don't know that. But somehow, or the other, we'll, we'll figure things out. There's a laugh in the background. Um, very, very keen and excited to be catching up with Hitachi Vantara's country manager and sales director, Dennis Naidu. Dennis, what's happening, brother? How are you? I'm all good, Dylan. Really good to see you again and catch up with you. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Looking forward to the series.
0: And I believe that uh, we have some interesting things to talk about. So, yeah. Thanks. We do. Before we get into the interesting stuff we need to talk about, I know you're a trendsetter, um, stayed and worked in many countries, including your your home country, South Africa. Where in the world are you now? Just so that we have an idea. I'm in Johannesburg. You know, the pandemic has clipped my wings, right?
1: So, you know, (laughs) although we're resetting a little bit, I'm in Johannesburg where I belong,
0: uh, home with the family. Um, Yeah, and uh, enjoying it. I love that I know you' you you're a big family man, you're a big community man as well, but you're also a big golfer, and the reason I bring this up is because i want to know I want the people to know you've been with um Hitachi Bentara for five years now, but in terms of golf, how long have you been trying to get that scratch handicap jeez i i think i'll I'll die trying
1: I've uh, <laughs> been playing now for about a decade, okay. Uh, I really didn't like the game to start with. You know, my dad was a golfer and and, and my first exposure to golf was being the caddy, which nobody really enjoys, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I'd lug his bag around the golf course when he retired and I, I really didn't like it. But then later on, when I started to play, I really enjoyed it. it was, uh, not a great golfer, but uh, it's great to be outdoors. You know, that's the best part. Yeah.
0: Favourite golfing memory on or off the course? Meeting Tiger Woods, man. Oh, yeah. What? So that's, uh, that's more, cool. Please, please. Yeah
1: I mean it's about a month ago yeah just landed in the uh, right place right time got an invite to play in an in a invitational Tiger was hosted it I got to meet Scotty Scheffler, Webb Simpson I got to meet Sam Burns I played a a very limited field 18 four balls and became our eighth. yeah so that's that uh,
0: yeah that's my brag I love that you know as south africans we 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 um claim being famous by virtue of our friends meeting people. So because you met Scheffler and Woods, by virtue I needed to sign my t-shirt on my costume <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I see you again. So Dennis, let's let's get straight into it. I know you're very passionate about what you do. You've been with the Itachi Vantara family for five years now. Please give us insight into the journey and, and where it all started and where you're at these days.
1: Yeah, thanks Dylan. It's, it's um, you know, it can be a really long story because I can get into a lot of detail, about all the things that make me happy, all the things that, keep yeah. playing, but I'll give you the C version. You know, I, I joined five years ago. I've been in it for two decades. Uh, and uh, the first decade of my career was in retail. Um, and in two decades I've worked for OEMs, uh, multinationals, uh, local systems integrators, and I was really not looking to move or change careers. And Itachi came along, um, some people I knew, and said, you know, don't you want to come join this adventure? And I said, uh, yeah, let's look at it. And I looked at it, and the most appealing thing for me, Daylon, um, was uh, the the culture and the ethos of this business. 110-year-old uh, plus tried-and-tested uh, culture of humanness, if I want to call it that. That just resonated well with me. And, you know, after a long time in IT uh, and being fixated on – what I call a value exchange. You know, I you find a customer, you understand a problem, and you figure out some technology that can help them, and then you make a bit of money on it. That's a value exchange. But I guess maybe it's old age or a little bit of maturity. When you start to look at something's more important like purpose. Because giving value to an organization is only as valuable as what value they get out of it or what value. But there's got to be something bigger than that, right? Yeah. That's where I found uh, a really uh, you know, synchronous ethos with Itachi that's, that resonated very well with me about can we do something that that leaves a legacy, that makes a change, that uh, impacts society, and that helps people, helps the planet, helps you know. Mm. And that was the most attractive thing. So five years with Itachi, multiple roles, South Africa, Dubai, back in South Africa, um, yeah, yeah, part of the family now.
0: You, you're part of the family, and you mentioned 110 years. That, that's a big deal because. You survived two pandemics. <laughs> and not, not a lot of companies can say that. You know what I mean? And now you, you're heading into the, let's call it, post-new normal era with this fantastic ethos and, and philosophy of, of powering good. Give us some more insight into that and the reasons for it.
1: Yeah. Now, look, powering good, forgive the pun, is very powerful, right? Um, and that is the pillar of what it actually stands for. It is about making a difference and making something good. Um, and not many companies would stand 110 years. In Itachi, I think the longevity has always been about two things. Um, uh, primarily, the the one thing that has never changed is the, the the mission of this company is to contribute to society, the development of superior, original technology and products. Whether that's in trains or you know um, utilities or uh, IT, IT, doesn't matter. That's the mission of what we want to do. And the second thing is uh Hitachi's always had a radar for what's coming next what is going to plague us for the next 10 15 20 30 years mm. and that's where it starts to get interesting because you, it's hard to stay relevant if you're only looking near horizon right things change so fast
0: yeah you got to have your finger on the pulse all the time in this ever-changing world that, that we live in. in um, we, we've seen it, globalization, um, more ways in which we connected now more than ever. But bigger picture for me, and I say this with so much sincerity, so many of us have heard the word and the brand and the name Itachi. We've heard Itachi Vantara. But if you go to a lot of laymen, including me, on the street and you say, give me some products, a lot of people will um and ah and they're not sure. So, so give us the, the fact sheet. The need yeah. to know, this is exactly what Itachi Vintara does, and this is what we're all about. Well, the list is uh,
1: far too big to be definitive. So, look, there's, there's a couple of pillars. So, you know, we're very strong in, in the transport sector, you know, because business is rail. Um, little known fact, you know, we, we own and manage and run the Virgin Rail system in the UK, the underground tubes. It's done as a service to government, um, wow. Dhabi, uh, across Europe. So that's a very big, you know, we've got a, one of the top 10 fastest bullet trains in the world. So very big in transport, transport systems, management thereof, scheduling, ticketing, security, NOC services, sock services, all of these acronyms. We're very big in power. So, you know, over the years, we, we've, uh, we've built power stations, um, you know, from normal coal power stations to all the way up to nuclear power stations. And all of the th- things that go with it, you know, transformers and, and step down, stepped up, transformers, all of that stuff. So, we're very big in power generation, distribution, automation, and even the transmission of the power. We're very big in, in agriculture and healthcare. So, you know, we have different business units to look after those sectors. And mm. then, horizontally across all of that is where Itachi Vantara kind of sits. It's the digital business, it's taking yes. all the IP from the field, whether it's in mining and old control systems, and bringing it into modern. Uh, modern world where uh, a, a customer or society eventually can benefit from the, the analysis of what is going on in these places. What can we predict? What can we do better?
0: Yeah. You mentioned um, this these layers of industry that you're involved with. And my initial question is: When are we going to the moon? When are we <laughs> going to Mars? Can can I get a ride with you guys? Take me to space. Is that possible? <laughs> uh, Look,
1: Dalian, I, th- I still think of, well, Elon Musk's a little bit ex- eccentric, right? Yeah. If you ask me in the highest uh, you know, in a list, what is the highest priorities, I would say, can we make sure everyone on earth has got drinking water? Can we make sure everyone's got power and there's no load shedding? Can we make yes. sure we've got food? Because, look, we, we have food. A mm. um, hundred years ago, a big problem was nobody had food. It was famine, you know, Kwasioko. And look at Africa, we had, you know, places yeah. in Ethiopia and Somalia. Now there's no shortage of food. It's just access to food. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. So so yeah. those are the things I would prioritize. Going to the moon would be, it's not even on a bucket list for me.
0: <laughs> Fair point. Fair game. I hear you. And if, I mean, why would you want to have a bucket on the moon? It's just going to float away. It's no good. <laughs> not going to work. not going to work. So megatrends this is the word being thrown around. We know now more than ever data. Crucial. This is the buzzword, but megatrends. Give me some more details, some more, some more insight. Make me understand this, like I said, as, as the person on the street. So when I chat to my friends, I go, this is why it's important.
1: Yeah. So, I mean,
0: you, you dropped the word megatrends. Um, and
1: this is going back to how Itachi has remained relevant and how Itachi continues to strive to be relevant to society. You can't only um, plan for the next decade. Because mm. if you haven't done something now, you're not going to get it done in the next decade, right? Things change so fast. So the only way to help society is figure out what's happening in 40, 50, 100 years. Where will society be? Because those are the things you change now. Those are the things you fix now. And that becomes the the the, the solution to future problems, right? Now, you can't predict the future. That's clear. What yeah. you can do, though, is figure out what is happening, how has it got to where it is, and what is it likely to result in. And that's what we, we call these mega trends. So Hitachi, together with various international organizations, right? I mean, this is not a Hitachi specific thing, but, you know, the UN, the World Health Organization, uh, World Economic Forum, um, they all study mega trends, what is happening with society. And a mega trend, by definition, and academically speaking, is a pattern of movement that has major movement on business and society such as globalization, demographics, urbanization, technology changes, climate change. They have lasting impact. So something that happens now or gradually over the next decade, will mm-hmm. have lasting impact on society and the way we engage. It takes place over a long period of time. It creates new opportunities in the short term, but those are tactical things that can be done. And the biggest challenge is technology and digital, changing the framework of how you address those problems. A hundred years ago, to address Electricity problems was find more coal. Yes, in the future that can't be the solution, right? It's how do you harness and store energy in, in either lithium or whatever the future holds. Most people are aware of these trends. You know, if you talk about climatized, you know, uh, global uh, warming or um, climate change or, or urbanization, people hear this. They know these things. There are articles, there's magazines, there's podcasts about these things. Yeah. <laughs> many people are aware of it, but they don't know how to. To plan for it because most of us are so fixated on can i make sure my child has a good future that's all we don't think yeah. about society uh, and, and and that's the important part these mega so, chains will have an impact on society for all time
0: so we speak about society um and we speak about the the crucial role of of technology we know great strides are being made in, in south africa in our own country in africa and and globally In terms of those three tiers, how does it play out? Megatrend, South Africa, Africa, the rest of the world. You can speak about different continents as well, if you like.
1: Wow. So, look, let's go back into history then, right? So, if you look at, um, you know, the Industrial Revolution as a megatrend, the the harnessing of machinery to do Mm. work, make things easier, cost-effective, and faster. That's how we solved the food problem. That's how we solved many problems in, in, in the world, right? But but the the countries that harness that, you know, they, they were the ones that became the global economic powers, and they control the, the planet based on the ability to be ahead of the curve, right? So you take the the Americas for example, a very innovative society, lots of money spent on research and development, figuring out what to do, the you know, first man on the on the on the, on the on the on the moon, mm. uh, space travel, all of that. But will that be relevant going forward? No, you've got to look at what's the next one, right? So in a global space, everything that happens in these mega trends will affect the whole world, not just Africa what What is important though is will Africa be able to to realise what's going to change and be able to uh, um, allow for that, be able to to, yes. risk, to be able to harness certain opportunities? we have so many problems in our content that we saw fixated on fixing today's problems. I fear we'll still be last to the
0: race, right? I hear you. So if we had to identify specific megatrends that are crucial in a post-COVID state globally, what's give me like the top three or, or, or a handful that we're focusing on now to make sure that we're winning going forward. Yeah, so...
1: Um, Look, this could be a lengthy one else. I'll talk about it one by one, right and then, uh, yeah look the, the, in, in, uh, there's a lot of mega trends. The top five, as identified by all of these people I spoke about earlier, are technology and technological breakthroughs. More advancements have been made in the last decade than in the history of mankind, okay um, storing data has just become a commodity. Um, managing data, managing tra- managing just connectivity. You know, it wasn't long ago where you know you had to own a, a landline phone. You know, 30 years later, everyone's got a mobile phone. Access to information is pervasive. So the the amount of data created in one day is 1.5 exabytes of data, and that's 1.5 with 18 zeros. Sure. And to kind of give you an uh, you know an idea of what the quantum is, you you would you know if one exabyte one byte was a kilometer, you would go to the moon and back 3.4 million times. That's the amount of t- data created in one day. And, but, and, geez, that's, that's a lot.
0: We are, we are living on our phones and our laptops. This, no one could have predicted this. this is well,
1: it's,
0: it's even worse, Dalen, because you think that we creating that data because we're
1: on our phones and we on our devices yeah. we're creating this data. In 2017, for the first time, machine-created data exceeded human-created data. So these are machines talking to itself, right? Yes. There's a vending machine sending a signal to the warehouse saying, I'm running out of stock. Mm-hmm. No human intervention. Does I mean, this mean the robots
0: are doing... taking over? Oh, must we be worried. <laughs> Do we need to be scared?
1: Well, I don't even need to be worried. I, I think yeah. the, the point of this kind of podcast and talking about these topics is, let's yeah. be aware, right? We need to be aware, not worried. Because if yeah. you're aware of something, you know how to work with it, right? So, so technological advances now, not just in the field of IT. Let's forget about IT for a second. Mining today is different from what it was, uh, you know, a labor intensive kind of thing a hundred years ago. Today, it's machinery that does it, right? Drones have taken over from surveying, uh, testing water, uh, surveillance, uh, you know, crop. That's all machinery now, that's technology. You know, previously you'd have to hire a guy to jump in a plane to fly over something, and there's a cartographer, uh, you know, drawing the map. Right? Yes, these are all done with satellite images. There, so technology has changed things like that. Technology has changed medicine. You know, today it's very a surgeon would be very hard pressed to recommend open heart surgery as his first course of action. You've got to be really critically ill for open heart surgery, and a life in death situation, literally. Yeah. Today, you know, what, 50 years ago, that was the norm. Today, it's stents. Uh, It's it's microscopes and it's devices that go into your body and and, and fixes the valves and all of these wonderful things. And the most amazing thing is when the world of technology eventually collides with the world of biology and bionic human beings and bionic, uh, you know, uh, devices and nanobots and all of that that's coming. Technology is just. You think we, we 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 smart now and we've got lots of devices. I'll give it another twenty
0: years time and then you see your kids are gonna be laughing at you, Dalen. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be a fossil. I mean we've already got vehicles fucking themselves. You don't have to drive them. You're just gonna be able to chill in your living room and do everything which you can already do. So okay, so let's let's break it down because with, with these mega trends, with all this 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 progress, obviously finance plays plays a big part. So my mind goes Okay, we've got certain superpowers in terms of finance globally. Those who, who are at the top of the food chain are going to be in a more advantageous space, especially with investment back into the country, et cetera, et cetera. So globally, what does that economic power look like? And again, Africa, where do we find ourselves in this space?
1: Yeah, uh, well, uh, interesting question. So this is another big mega trend, right? Is a shift in global economic power. Now, the, you know, the dollar is the standard, the gold is mm. the standard. And, and, and also the, the fact that the Americas and the Western Europeans have made most of the innovation in terms of R&D and controlling the way society works, that's where the economic power lies, the buying power, the spending power, and the control of our economic systems, right? And that's been the, the default kind of, you know, situation for decades, for 100 years. Um, but gradually things are changing, right? So global economic power is shifting to to the east. You know, if you look at uh, India, uh, <laughs> coincidentally, you know we've got an Indian prime minister in in uh, yes in, in the UK, right? And, yeah. and from from uh, from being colonized to becoming the the, the the head of state. So things are changing. Yeah, you know, India is a superpower. Yeah, most of Silicon Valley is run by Indians. You know, the MD of Itachi Vantara is an Indian, of Indian origin. Mm. Uh, Microsoft, uh, these are all big companies. Uh, Google, these are all big, you know, players. They're run by Indians. But India in itself has become an IT hub. The IIT turns out, you know, uh, academics and, 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 and professionals at a rate that you cannot even believe. And they have a labor force to match it. They have the quantity and the quality. They can deliver services and technology uh, across the globe, uh, mm. faster, quicker, and more agile than everybody else, at a better price point. Which means economic power is moving to India. They don't even have to sell to the rest of the world. They've got one one wow. billion consumers themselves. Yeah. So, and then China, you know, China has always been very strong in manufacturing, and as a result, they've you know they've got a footprint across the globe in consumer goods, in manufacturing, in plant, in the, the utilities. And you just look at the cars and the vehicles coming up, now, mm-hmm. even in Africa. You know, Africa at one stage, in South Africa, we built, I think it was one or two of our own models. Now wow. we manufacture for these global Chinese brands and they're taking the market like you cannot believe, right? I mean, it's not uncommon to drive past a Haval and a Cherry. And yes. Those cars. Ten years ago, you never saw them. Economic power is shifting to the East in the, in the short term. Why do I say short term, medium term? Because eventually economic power will reside with big corporations. And that's a trend that's worrisome because it will be those that have that control the world economy and those that have not will will be just the servants, right? Mm. The outlook, but that changes the way you engage with society. Do you want to be relevant? Then, you know, what do you, what do you have control of? Um, so global economic power will shift, you know, away from Western Europe and, and the US towards the East. But ultimately, it will reside in big, big, comp- the big, big data companies. Actually, you know, the Googles of the world will own mm. economic power. The, you can see what Elon Musk does, and he wants to buy Twitter. Why does he want to buy Twitter?
0: Power, power. Yeah. That's that's what it's all about, and th- this is always the question I'm asking myself: Where where's South Africa in all of this? Are, are we winning? Are we in a good space? Are we progressing? Are we are we making sure that we're staying um, on top of things? And if not, ahead of cu- the curve, on the curve,
1: there are areas of excellence in South Africa. I mean, South Africa has always turned out professionals in all fields, right? Even yeah. in the arts and even in comedy, like yourself, or, you know, the Trevor and famous guys. Yes. Like, We've turned out really good talent in our country. One thing we're not short of is good talent. That's mm. stand up. If you look at uh, even um, across the globe, we have become somewhat of a hub for um, you know, low cost IP to be able to deliver services across. One of our big partners, actually, is the Center of Excellence for Europe, Middle East and Africa is based out of Cape Town. You look at uh, even the big guys like AWS, uh, Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, setting up big shop in Cape Town. So we've always turned out good talent. I think where we, where we, we fall behind is investment in the R&D. There was a time when, the, you know, when Danelle was the standard and we turned out, you know, we, 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 we equipped armies across the globe. Aircraft. We, yes. you know, CSIR. You know, we did good work, you know. So it's sad, Africa and South Africa in particular, some good spaces, you know. We've got uh, the, a good thing. We, you know, for most of the major auto brands, we manufacture uh, right-hand drive vehicles for Mercedes-Benz, uh, BMW, Nissan, Toyota, Mazda. Is all big manufacturing uh, plants here, and then of course our, you know, primary industries, mining and commodities. Yeah. They seem to to ride the wave whenever there's an economic downturn. And recently, you know, we we would have been really Really economically starved if it wasn't for commodity prices, right? So economic power, though the challenge is, whilst you might have some of it or a lot of it, it's scale. Can you scale to a global level, right?
0: I hear you. Look, I'm I'm going to give you the the real response, and that is, if the Springboks keep winning, we'll be happy as a nation. Yeah. So, (laughs) So Sia, you and the team carry a lot of our stress and our burdens on your shoulders. But Dennis, what I'm seeing is, is this little ripple effect because we're going from um your 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 mega trends and then you're slowly but surely moving into your global economic powers and then as a result you're gonna have rapid urbanization and there's gonna be demographic demographic shifts as well. Just give us more insight into this and, and a bit more detail again to, to to the person who's maybe not aware of you know the little ripple that it has and, and the good that's coming from it.
1: Uh, that's an interesting one. It's, you know, Earlier I mentioned that people know about some of these trends. It's been around for a while. Urbanization has been around for a long time. Yeah. You know, the, 20 years ago, we were all talking about smart town planning, smart cities. 50 years ago, they we were talking about that. So this is not a new trend. It's a mega trend that is reaching its peak and will continue to, 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 to be a problem. Rapid urbanization brings with it many, many problems, in globally and in Africa. Let's talk about globally. It means that, that uh, burden is being placed on too few geographic locations. And that yeah. becomes a challenge because you've got to deliver services. You've got to have drink. Like I said earlier, yeah, can we give everyone drinking water? But when really you've got a, a, an infrastructure that doesn't cater for that, globally, you think we have problems in South Africa with water shedding? That's a problem globally, right? It's not a new problem yeah. for the world. They're just acting on it a bit quicker than us. We're going to catch up a little bit. But bringing water to people, Bringing transport systems now. Bringing transport systems carries other problems because they place a burden on your emissions. So you start to pollute the world because bringing more cars. So you got to have Mm. transport systems. Then you have security and safety. You got to start thinking about how do you make sure all of these people can live a happy life? Can they can can they walk about? Then you got to think about green spaces. You know, is there a park for these people? Then you got to think about education. All these children, because every couple that moves into a into an urban place, I and mean, they're making tea babies, right? <laughs> <But> hopefully, more. <laughs> yeah. You, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, you got to cater for education for all of them across all the different age groups. You got to cater for policing. You got to cater yeah. for electricity and energy supplies. Now, you know, with all of that comes people wanting more appliances, more devices. Then you have more power consumption. So, uh, rapid urbanization is something that is here for a long, long time. Uh, you know, in another podcast, I go into more detail about urbanization and some of the things, like, for example, what the Saudis are doing and what is being done in the Middle East and yeah. South Asia. Those are really exciting things to do. But it's only able to, if you're able to see that mega trend and understand what it brings to society, yes. you're able to plan for it. So, so that was like the third mega trend we were talking about. And then you touched on the fourth one, which is changing demographics. Okay. So changing demographics is. The age groups and the, uh, you know, to use the term loosely, the the ability for someone at a certain age to still be economically active or actually active in society and contribute to society. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. I was going to say the TikTok generation, but they they there, they they're contributing. They. I don't, I don't. Do you dance on the apps? Do you do you dance with your kids? Do you do the TikTok? I don't. I don't. I'm not a TikTok. Yeah. Uh, that, that's I, I'm I'm 33, but that's how I know I'm old. I call it the TikTok. Anyway, <laughs> back to back to business. Back to business. D-
1: Dylan, what what do you think the the average lifespan was in the 1950s of a human being?
0: in The 1950s. Geez, interesting time. People were were going to war. Um, there were numerous challenges involved. Dietary requirements weren't a thing. Maybe it's go with just over 40, close to 50? Yeah, yeah, it's spot on, right? So in the
1: 50s, the average lifespan of a human being was 47.2. Um, wow, it's young. Yeah, it's very young. But remember yeah. back then, the healthcare was poor. We've, you know, su- subsequent to that found cures for many, many things. We're yes. able to help people live longer, all of those things. So, so, so today, what do you think the average lifespan of a human
0: being is? Jeez. I, I mean, I've seen some articles locally and internationally of people living over 100, which is fantastic. A lot of yeah. people are saying retirement in South Africa is 65, but you're going to live longer. Let's go with um, 67. our 67? A
1: little bit north of that. So somewhere between 75 and 80, that's you know that's where the, the lifespan is. Uh, look, the numbers in the 50s were also skewed because billions and billions of people in Africa and Asia and South America yes. did have access to health care. You know, we had Quashioca, we had AIDS, we had all of these things coming through. So, so, so that's why the, the lifespan was was really low in the 50s. You now, going in the, back to the 50s, still though, the Japanese, you know, the lifespan was very high. You know, they had proper healthcare. There was the lifestyle contributed. Today, we're all aware of nutrition. We're all aware of exercise. We're all aware of all of those things. So, lifespan is now you know double, almost double what it was then. So, if the trend continues, which it will, because remember. When I, I spoke earlier about the worlds of biology and technology colliding, today yeah. when somebody loses their limbs, they can't function in their job for the most part if their job was manual. However, going forward, you stick on a bionic arm, okay, with a couple of nanobots, um, uh, a bionic leg, right? Yeah. I, know, I can see you smiling and I know where you're going with this because you're wondering what other organs can be replaced or enhanced. <laughs>
0: let's not go there. <laughs> Every man's mind drifts, but no, I hear you. Yeah, you know, it's amazing what we can do. Yeah. So demographics are going to be a problem. Well, when I
1: say a problem, you know, actually they have their hands full, right? Because retirement age today is 65. And that was based on somebody, you know, living a fruitful life till 75, 80. Yes. Now, somebody's going to live to 100. What's it going to do for, you know, uh, for, for 50 years, you know, yeah. or, or 30 years? 10,000 steps every day. But Chelsea and Discovery would be happy. But, you know, that's, (laughs) (laughs) listen, this is a problem because, uh, you know, currently my kids are, my my son's going to finish matric next year. He wants to be a mechanical engineer. And one of the things he said is he's going to have to compete with the guys in America and India and China because that's the global market now. And he wants to, you know, he's going to have to compete for jobs with them. It's no longer about competing with his, you know, his, his schoolmate or somebody at university. And I said to him, that's not your problem. Your problem is in 30 years' time or 20, 10 years' time when you graduate, you're actually competing with your father for the same job. Wow. And in years to come, you'll compete with your grandfather. And the yeah. grandfather is probably more worthy to a business because he has not just the academic qualification, he's probably got the 50 years of experience as well. Okay? Yes. And
0: and we see that happening more and more. We youngsters are leaving a university and they're coming to a workplace. And what happens from there? Is an individual who's 50 plus in the same um, job spec and they're going, but I should be here because I'm more youthful, which <laughs> is that P, we don't know. We don't know. So, I mean, I
1: turned 50 this year. Uh, so, in the 50s, I would have been three years past my shelf life. <laughs> However, <laughs> day, today I'm sitting and I'm saying I've got another 20 years of gas in me to work and yes, all goes well. I've got another 20 years to enjoy my life.
0: I've met you. Not- I've met you and I've traveled with you and I've seen you on the golf course. You've got a good 50 plus years. Don't worry. Your youthfulness, your youthfulness is there. So so in essence, key touch points to, to, to leave with. And when I say touch points, I mean those those water cooler moments when you're at the office for those who are back at the office. Those those moments around the braai, around a barbecue for our international listeners where they're speaking to people and they listen to the podcast and Itachi Vantara comes up and we go powering good, what's the key points to leave with to take notes that, 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 that people need to know? Um, sure. Look, let's put it on the two banners.
1: Yeah. As a, as a corporate citizen, in whichever company you work in, um, try and figure out how is this aligned to some of these things we've got to change in the world. Mm. And, and how do you make a difference in society? through the place that you are in you know many years ago i worked with a friend we we were in the same company together promotions were, were you know were, was limited and eventually decided to leave and i said to him why he says well i don't like the culture of this company and you know there's a glass ceiling and all that and you know we have got to change this and i said to him but there's only one way to change it is you change where you are moving yes. away doesn't solve the problem right so i'm saying to you know if you want a water cooler moment my advice to all my colleagues, whether it's a customer or peers in the industry, think about, you know, how do you make society better? How do you how do you bring that into your daily workplace with your colleagues? Influence the people around you uh, and be that, you know, it's a cliche, but be the change, right? Be the yeah. be, be that beacon of yeah. that. And then at a personal it. level, a personal level, uh, especially for, you know, I, I have a lot of nephews and nieces finished, you know, university, they all in. Looking for jobs, and they're all trying to climb this ladder mm-hmm. and to them, and I say to them, "You know it's not about that value you take to a company anymore what's purpose? What is your individual purpose what is, what is, What do you want people to remember you for, and even if they forget you, what have you left behind? What have you taught mm-hmm. to, what have you taught your peers, what have you taught your colleagues or even your customers so that's the kind of two you know banners I put in on that At a personal level, find purpose." At a, at a business level, make a difference, and you know, figure out something that's going to change the world. We'll mm-hmm. talk about the biggest problem as the fifth urban, uh, fifth mega trend in time to come as well, which is you know the the issue of resource scarcity and climate change, and, and yeah. that's something in every business. Let's let's take one simple thing. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, Daylen. It Doesn't matter. You can switch the lights off when you're not using it, right? Yes. <laughs> Easy. That's the easy thing, right? So we we want to change the world, but just switch the lights off today, you know? Yeah. Just stop the tap from dripping today. Just die today, you know? That's what it takes. Small changes, right?
0: I love that. And I I love the, the, the notes you make about just start here. What's the purpose? From me, it's wearing shirts with feathers on that show that I'm on holiday all the time because I want to person who I'm chatting to, to feel comfortable and wonder what on earth is happening over here. So I hope that my purpose was fulfilled over here, Dennis. Indeed, <laughs> it was, Dylan.
1: Indeed. I mean, in the absence of that colorful shirt, your smile does it. Don't worry about it. Dennis
0: <laughs> <What? laughs> <laughs> yeah, that do the uh, Country Manager and Sales Director of Itachi Vantara. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for, for, for chatting to us and for giving insight to the layman, the person who might not be in the industry and it was aware of all of these things, but you kind of summed it up and made sure that we become more aware of the world that we're living in and going forward to, uh, to make it a better space for everyone. Cliché, but true and important.
1: Fantastic. Darren, good to chat to you as always. And yeah, look forward to the next one, buddy. Take care.
0: Cheers, brother.